mean, okay, that must have like really like taken some courage to think about. It, it was. It was one of the most um, difficult. I think one of the one of the most difficult decisions that I've made in my life. Three, two, one, and we are live. Welcome on the show, Tiffany Rosdale. Let's just dive into who Tiffany Rosdale really is, mm -hmm. because I think your career over the past 25 years here in Japan has an interesting story. And so you're not Japanese. Yes, I'm not Japanese. Where are you from? I'm originally from the Philippines. Okay. And I moved here in Japan 25 years ago. Wow. Why did you come here originally? Originally yeah. from the Philippines. Uh, my mom lived here for more than 30 years, I believe. Okay. Uh, she was married to Japanese. Mm -hmm. So my stepfather is Japanese. Oh, okay. So you're half. I'm not half. Oh, I'm not related. Yeah, I'm oh, not related okay. to my, oh, okay. my, got my it, got Japanese it. dad. Interesting. So, and then, so you come, this is back in the mid-90s? Yes, I guess, it was yeah. like mid-90s. trying to do my math here. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here for 30 years and I, I came know, you're in my 1991. Senpai. <laughs> yeah, senpai. Japanese. Japanese. So completely bilingual, which is cool. But so yeah, originally, why did you choose to come over here? I mean, just because your mom was here? That one too. Plus, I actually, there, I thought of so many things. So my, when my mom told me that I should come here, I was... I was in, I was still in college in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. I was 18 and she told me that if I'm not going to come here and if I turn 19, they're not going to be able to su support my visa, like a sponsor oh, visa okay. for like family visa. Oh, that's actually a really back. interesting conversation. So tell us a little bit about that actually, yeah. specifically because I, I got here and I got lucky to get three years of visa through Karate mm -hmm. Dojo. Mm -hmm. But after that, it was a struggle. I was in and out on tourist visas for a long time until right. I got yeah, a working visa. Yeah, so my case is not really many actually. So I'm really, um, I'm really grateful that I had this, you know, opportunity to be able to live here. And and then after having the family visa, I was able to get my permanent residence. Wow, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Just to sum up a couple of things. So we're going to go back to these 25 years ago, whatever okay. happened back then. Because <laughs> you come over here because of family and then you're able to, you know, go to university and everything. You're have been a model. Mm -hmm. a really famous DJ here, mm -hmm. a um, now life coach who's into acting yes. and all that's, that's in between that, which uh, I hope you're going to share a lot with us today. Mm -hmm. um, just like, how does one pivot or how does one reinvent oneself so many times during just 25 years? Because I know how hard it is to do a career change. Like I was forced to do one at one point, but I want to hear about you. So let's go back to that university period time. So mm -hmm. how do you start there and then become a DJ at one point? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or even the modeling. I don't know which comes first. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's so many um, stories on, on in my in my careers. Uh, when back when I was in college, when my mom told me about um, come here and visit, uh, live here for if you don't like it, you can go any you can go back anytime. Yeah. And um, one of the other reasons why I wanted to come to Japan is because I've seen so many beautiful trans women coming back from Japan, go back to the Philippines. Yeah. And they're, and I always ask myself, well, how do they, they come back here and they look so beautiful? And then, and you know, like, what's the secret in Japan? I right. didn't know. And I was so intrigued about that. But Another reason why I wanted to come here is because I, I've always dreamt to be in um, in America. I, w I would love to be 
in in America and in the Philippines we are all like you know like the American dream. Mm. So ever since I was a child like it was, we all watched like all American films, right. all the MTVs, all that like I watch every single it's every 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 time. So that was my dream to go to America. So I thought like maybe if I go to Japan it'll mm. be easier for me to go to America because If you go, if you go straight from um, from the Philippines to America without anything, like any connection, it's not going to be easy for you. No. Yeah. So that's what I thought. <laughs> This like, is Hollywood we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so that's what I actually thought. I thought like, why not grab that opportunity to come here first yeah. and see how it's going to be, and then I can just like go travel to America and see, you know, from then. So you know, you kind of just slid over that huge bomb that you just dropped there about transgenders. Mm-hmm. So. You're born a man. I was born genetically a man. A man, yeah. <laughs> but I completely, yeah, I, I, I transform. I, I, I am. Um, I did everything. Like when I came here in Japan, actually, right wow. after. Uh, right after. So right that after, was a real, yeah. uh, okay. So how? Mm, sorry, I don't even know how to start this conversation. <laughs> If I say anything that is like uh, offensive or anything, just you no, can slap me or, or kick me in the head or something. Okay, I'm just gonna kick, 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 kick the microphone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please don't. It's very expensive. <laughs> no, but so yeah, so, where does this start for you? The realization mm-hmm. that that you're you feel more like like a woman, I guess. Yes, and how I, old are you at this time? I I was I was a small I was a very young child. I was. Five, four, five, six. Yeah. When I realized I was different already, and I, I, I'm sure everyone heard about it. Like most of trans women or gay or any of the LGBTQ, most of them they realize it when they were really, really young. Right. Yeah. And so, how do you come to terms with that? Like, so you grow up as a teenager. Do you feel mm-hmm. is there any like a discrimination? Because I know Asia, like for example, uh, compared to like. I'd say most of the Western world is very different mindset mm-hmm. about it. Right. Like um, uh, new halves, uh, uh, transgenders. I mean, it's just like there, there are lots of uh, you know pubs where you can go out and drink and see mm-hmm. shows, or dance shows, and and it's there's lots of them on TV that are open. I mean, in America too, with, you know, RuPaul and everything, but mm-hmm. it's definitely not from the same as it was 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, how do you transition into that, and how what kind of struggles have you had with it, basically? Oh, so much struggles because back then when I was in the Philippines, um, it's normal to be like being bullied if you're different. Yeah. And and I was, I think, I'm not sure if the right term is immune to it. So you just have it every day. Like people just like bully you and right. that's normal. And um, I was struggling about my gender identity during when I was back in the Philippines too. Because obviously I can't do transform myself like right. to be who I am right now, so it took me a while, and um, I found a group of friends that I hang out back then when I was in uh, high school, who I I hang out a lot and we shared because we're all the same. Right, we all like the same. We all like we we all hang out and we all form like a dance group. So we join uh, dance contests. I'm not sure if you're familiar in the, in the Philippines. We have this. Um, Omatsuri, yeah. like every town has like Omatsuri. So they either have the Omatsuri, the organizers to always have either singing contest, mm-hmm. dance contest, and Miss Gay Beauty contest. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of cool, isn't it? I mean, that's very mm-hmm. open-minded about it, I feel. I know, for a Catholic country. That's a, a Catholic very, country. God, <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah, we're, it's a very Catholic country, but we they, they have, we have all that. We have like the Miss Gay Beauty contest in a 
you know. That's huge in Thailand too. I am right? not familiar with Thailand because they have like the shows, mm. but in the Philippines it's more of like a contest. Like every town has has their own um, contest. So all these trans women will go to different towns and make it a business for them oh, <laughs> to okay. win the contest. Right, right. They can <laughs> yeah. make money on that. Actually. Exactly. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. So trans, so, uh, sorry, trans women, mm-hmm. what, you're a woman. I am a woman. Right? I mean... <laughs> You can call me trans woman or trans, but I don't care. I, do, I mean, like you also mentioned, you have, because I used to, when I came here in Japan, I used to work in a um, in those cabaret bars where yeah. they call them New Half. Yeah, like New Half, yeah. Yeah, I, I used to work. I, I've been in that industry for, for 10, more than 10 years. Yeah. So yeah, I have, I've also had experience in working in that. Um, wow. Yeah, industry. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a, a very big life with lots of stories. I'd I know, like yeah. to go into more details about it, but uh-huh. my my mind is a little bit so so. So you come over here and then you transform yourself into a woman. Mm-hmm. Where does that start? Does that start with the breast implants, or does it start with the, 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 the yeah. female hormones or something? So it all started with female horm- hormones. I was already taking it back when I was in the Philippines because all this my senpai, like all this like. Mm. Um, hairdressers, they're like taking care of you. They're like my senpais and they're like, oh, you should like take pills now because it's, you know, like it's like pills that we take. Yeah. Like, um, what do they do? So it makes you, I think it mo- makes you more feminized, like mm. your looks, right. the way you move. And it's, and, and um, a little bit of, um, not breast actually, but it, it makes you a little, a little bit. Yeah. yeah a little, do a little they become bit sensitive there. at that point? Yeah, exactly. They it do. makes you sensitive, sensitive too. Yeah. Wow. So I was taking it back when I was in the Philippines before I came here. And then when I came here, um, the first job that I had actually here, my mom told me to work in a factory because mm. most Filipinos, they work in a factory here. Yeah. And I work in a factory where there were, back in the days, just a lot of, I think it was computer days. Yeah. Like, you know, like the, those computers, right? The old computers, you know, yeah. like the big computers. Um, we we were doing the chips and I was holding the chips every time and it always make give me like a sedenki and I hated that job oh, <laughs> every time. I was doing it for like a year. Yeah, I was yeah. doing it for a year. And I told my mom, I didn't come here to work in the factory. Mm. I, I would love to go to a place where all these trans women were working. Right. And I see that place and she, obviously in the beginning, she didn't want to do it. But she is said, your mom completely okay with that or did it take her a was, while? To, oh. She was, but she told me I don't have, because since, since I'm living with them in my grand. I mean, my, I mean, my stepfather, yeah. she told me that I can't show any sign of like my gender identity, like whatever I am, like I have to be like. So she was hiding that from your yeah, stepdad. Yeah. So she said like, Whoa. don't show your dad. I never, I never told your dad about it and, and you can live with us. So how long were you living together there? For a year, I believe. And I couldn't even last. so <laughs> traumatic for you. And it was really long for me. Yeah. So I told her I need to find all this word that they all work. And then eventually one day she told me like, I think she probably asked her friends, the Filipino community is like one, you know, in Japan. So her, one of her friends is like, oh, let's take her to to that place. And then like we went and I was just like, you know, like when you go Go to like a Disneyland, I was just like, what is this place? That was the first (laughs) time I went to a cabaret show. Yeah. And I was just, I was like, I'm going to be here. I want to be here. I don't want to be like them. Right. And then she was just like, okay, if you want to do this lifestyle, you have to move out from our place yeah. and we'll do a separate place for you. And I'm like, I'm completely done with that. You're okay so, with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get out of the factory. Exactly. Onto the floor. <laughs> wow. Know. That must have been really like, uh, um, like coming home 
right? It is. Meeting your, 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 like, I hate to say this word, but your people, your friends, and people that you really connect with, right? Mm -hmm. And And, and they were all, like, so friendly, and they were like, oh, you should do it now. Like, you should, like, you know, you should come join us. And, like, they're all just, like, really nice. And, you know, I felt really at home. Cool. I'm still intrigued. I have to dig deeper, though. So then (laughs) you get breast implants at one point? I did. Uh, That's the first um, first step that I did. Yeah. And after that, I did a complete complete surgery. <laughs> How does that work? I mean, does that, okay, that must have like really like taken some courage to think about. It, it was. It was one of the most um, difficult. I think the, one of the one of the most difficult decisions that I've made in my life to do the complete surgery. How long is the recovery? A few months. I, I I have so many questions, but since so <laughs> in a few months, right? So yeah. you you spend most of that time in a hospital. So I did it in Thailand. Okay. Obviously, most of the trans women do it in Thailand because uh, there's so many um, surgeons that do it there. Yeah. In the Philippines, we didn't have, and mm. back then here in Japan, there was one surgeon who was doing it, <clears throat> but I couldn't trust him because there were there were some 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 um, gossips that he did failed in some, you know, it's very underground here. Right. But a lot of trans women did it for him. But then I didn't, I want to do, if I'm going to do, I want to do with, you know, with the best surgeon, yeah. if I can, of, of course, course, right? So I I asked many friends and they recommended and it ended up like, I have to go to Thailand. Right. And I was so lucky to have my younger sister to be with me during the, after the, before and after, you know, the recording. Right. So my mom said, I'm not going to go with you. I'm not going to be part of it. You, you decided you, you you go for it. She she actually didn't want me to do it. And your sister was just a, like a, a real born yes, sister. Yes, oh, okay. yes. And she was in the Philippines back then. And I told her like, if you come join with me for a few months and I'll support you with everything, just like, you know, come and support me. And yeah, yeah. that was the most unforgettable moment that <clears throat> me and my, my sister was bonded. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a um, few months after the surgery that I had to, yeah, recover. Wow, I mean, just trying to wrap my head around this one, right? Yeah. <laughs> but so they do a reconstructive surgery, mm-hmm. and so they they invert it somehow yes. and create the lips and everything, and and yeah. and um, sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, once you're recovered, and yeah. so how, so how do you, how does that feel? I mean, do you, can you like ejaculate, or what is that called? Can you mm-hmm. have an orgasm, for example? Okay, um, it was. In the beginning, it was scary because yeah. I haven't done it, right? How of would course. you do it? Like, of course, I was scared in the beginning, but then I was lucky to have back then a one of my ex-boyfriend and he knew and then we tried and I thought like, oh, wow, okay, then I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Then with ejaculation, I did, but it's not always. Yeah. It's not like when I used to, when right. I used to have like the male parts. But you, you do have an orgasm. I do, but not as it used to be. Yeah. It used to be like, yeah, like not like as it, it is, yeah. But I still have it every now and then. Wow. That's that's really good. But you know what the thing about doing the surgery, what I like the most is when having sex with the straight men, which I prefer straight men, right? Yeah. It's kind of like a validation mm. that you are accepted. This is like, I felt like, oh wow, I felt like accepted being a woman. This is how a woman felt like. Right. So that's that's the feeling that I always get when I, you know, when I have that. I feel women are also more um, 
how do you say that it's it's not just about the body that happens it's about the whole mind so when the mind yeah. and the body is like connected, connected yeah, right yeah and it's yeah. also like the, the right connection with the right man or otherwise I mean, they're not going to yeah. ejaculate right exactly yeah. yeah i mean for guys it's unfortunately it's just like there's mechanics there that it's easier mm. i mean i guess it's you know for more what do you call it the fact that we have to try and and i can understand whatever that, you know? <laughs> yeah it's just easier somehow <laughs> but, which is uh interesting because when you actually really meet someone that you fall in love with then mm. the orgasms that you can have together are completely different from from someone that you really don't have an interest in trust me i had a long period of time where i wasn't really interested <laughs> in the persons I, i've been with but when i found the real one i was like holy crap this it's is a whole right? different yeah. world you yeah get connected yeah yeah the connection is just so much more powerful mm. uh beautiful actually mm. beautiful in a way mm. like that so you start working in these show pubs and then so you you come back as a woman mm-hmm. to japan right mm-hmm. and, ah, that was the amazing feeling right mm-hmm. so do you carry fun. yourself differently do you talk to the men differently do you feel more flirtatious for example yeah because one of the ma- one of the many one of the reasons why i did the complete surgery because i've been in a position where i almost got killed wow by finding out that i am not a real woman so i thought oh, oh so i thought God. like i thought like having the surgery i'm gonna be fine i'm not gonna be having that trouble anymore i'm not gonna experience that again because it was really traumatic yeah, and it course. was a few times that it happened to me well would you like to share details yeah so could I you was, like run me through like a whole like evening scenario what it what it would that works out like okay so i was actually traveling a lot in america like i told you earlier yeah i, I would love to go to america and i i always uh ever since i was a child i was i i really you know fa- I, i'm really fascinated about america so i was traveling a lot while i was here mm. And I wasn't a complete surgeon. I didn't have the complete surgery yet when I was, but I also had a breast implants. And meeting straight men in America can be really, um, I don't know, like scary mm-hmm. when when they find out. Right. I didn't know, but because back then I was dating men here in Japan. Right. And once they find out they're fine, they're not like, it's either they're fine or they're like, oh, sorry, I can't, I can't date like you. So I'm like, okay, fine. It's It's not like, they're gonna you know like rage or like be like put you in trouble or something right so it was different so i thought like in america could be the same so i i've been dating guys in america and not telling them about me in the beginning and then once they find out there were a few times that happened that they didn't know they did it i don't know like what is it but they it's it's like i think most of it they think that they're gay Once oh. they find out that they had an an right. affair with a with a trans woman, but they're not gay. They're not gay, exactly. They're not gay. So I, mean, I think this this yeah. just a, I think it's their mindset that if they had an affair with a trans woman, they're gay. Mm. They're not because we go for straight men. We're not. We don't date straight guys. We, we don't. We don't date. I mean, gay guys. Right. I I prefer straight men. That's why you know. So I think that's what happens, and then they panic, and then. So you've been dating this guy for a while. Where in no, America it wasn't, are you? It wasn't, it wasn't no? a while. It was more of like, you know, meeting here and there. Yeah. And then after, later they find out. And so you already had sex. And how does he find out then? No, it was actually, they're finding out before having sex. Oh. So we did the date already because I'm not going to go soon. Yeah. So I'm, I'm dating them a few times then before I go, you know, and then, yeah. then I have to, maybe because also I, I didn't know how to read 
guys back then. Now, of course, I know if they're yeah. not into it, right? So back then, maybe I, I was so naive of like knowing which guys should I be careful and not. Mm. And I was really young. So, <clears throat> so yeah, I think I didn't really pick, you know, I didn't really guys. thought about, yeah. you know, those. And again, like what I shared earlier about here in Japan, I didn't even think about it because everything here in Japan is safe. Even the, the guys are safe. Yeah, <laughs> Japan is really safe. Super safe with everything, including the guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of cool. I, I mean, there are extremes in Japan. Let's be honest. There's there, like a there really are, dark yeah, underworld are, yeah. here, even mm. in Japan. It's just not as like, it's just not at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. And so, and so you said you were almost killed, but then what, what did he do to you? So there's this one guy that I was dating and then I don't know if it's probably influenced by alcohol or drugs too. He just got so mad and was just throwing all, all the things in, in all, all over me, like wow. whatever he picked up. And then he, he saw like the bottle of wine. He just like cracked it up and he just like running after me. And then I was like, get out of my, I ran out of my, 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 my hotel room and I went to the lobby and I, I was screaming in the lobby. I was just telling them that someone's trying to kill Attack me. Him, yeah. And then like, he was gone already. I was lucky. I know I was really yeah. lucky and yeah, I was fortunate to be still here. Wow. And that's what's happening in America. I mean, not just in America, of course, in many countries that's not accepted with, you know, like when they find out they literally, I mean, kill the trans women. Wow. And it's still happening, right? It's really sad. It's still happening. Yeah. What is Few Japan about? Oh yeah. Few Japan is a community of empowering women in Japan who has been in the industry for 40 years. And I was lucky enough, I was lucky enough to be selected as one of the board of directors wow. starting this year for a few years. And I think I'm one of the first to be representing the LGBTQ community for that. Cause it's only women only community. Women empowerment, yeah. Yeah, women empowerment. And I, I met all these women and they're all amazing. And I think I'm gonna learn a lot from all this this amazing women and they're all entrepreneurs and and the community is amazing it all started by ha by me djing in their party one of their parties oh wow they did like a bonding kai <laughs> and they told me that you should dj and then i'm like of course and then like when i found out about the group i'm like what's this? like the energy <laughs> like they ha they're very intense they're very like powerful that you you really feel it yeah and and then i met a few of the heads and then they're like you know, I've had them on my podcast too. And then they just started to talk to me about like, are you interested to be a part of the board of directors? And I'm like, why not? Because I have the skills for this, for doing events. So I'm, right. I'm one of the board of directors for doing the events on FEW Japan for, for empowering women in Japan. For empowering women in Japan. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It must be like really amazing to like truly be embraced by empowering women. I know. Right? Yeah. That's, that's like that's, really cool. Yeah. And this is the first time they actually included like, you know, to focus on also being diverse and being with the LGBTQ community to be an ally. So that's why I am representing the community. So it's going to be exciting few years. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with that one then. Thank you so much. On that note, like think about 25 years ago to mm -hmm. like where we are now. I mean, it's 2021. Yes, right? yeah. So there was a, you know, I have a CrossFit gym. Mm -hmm. So I, I teach CrossFit. I haven't been to your CrossFit gym, but yeah, I've been to the other ones. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely come check it out. I would love to, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there was a very famous athlete, uh, a CrossFit Games athlete. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he came out on his Instagram. Mm. 
And we're talking top top athlete, right? Okay, gay. And so, yeah, gay. Came, yeah. But what really shitted me was um, because I'm, I have a very open mind. Like mm. I am completely supportive of it. It's like we have uh, couples that come and work out at, at the gym, and you know, also single guys that are gay, but they come in. It's, so I'm completely open. It also the CrossFit community is very like, uh, how do you call it? Um, uh, embracing of everything. Right. Um, you can even uh, you can compete as a transgender now. Yeah, in, yeah. in the Olympics right now. Yeah. yeah, even Olympics too, but also mm. in CrossFit. I think we, we even embraced that before that. But anyway, so he comes out on Instagram. He sits down. He's crying. Mm. He's got his, his other phone, a piece of paper in his hand. Mm. And he's like opening his, his heart to everyone. And, mm. and it's just mm. like, it's really emotional. I think it's beautiful. Mm. And he says, yeah, the thing is I'm gay. And I, and I found out because I had a, a test. And I was just like, no. I mean, I mean dude. I've got nothing for but support for you, but it's not because you took a blood test that tells you now you're gay. It's 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 a feeling that you have, and it's something that you've been struggling with probably like since you were a little kid. Mm. Why not just open it and embrace it on that one? Mm. Of course, because he's a super famous games athlete, you mm. know, all the other top athletes are so supportive of him saying, oh, it's so beautiful. We really support you. And I was like, no, but if you had just done it any other way than that, because I don't think there is a test that says, oh, hey, yeah, you're positive A or B or you're gay. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Right? Mm. I thought that was, I don't know. I felt really. And so the next day when I when I saw, seen the post and I went down the next day mm. and we had um, uh, Tyler and Brian, which are married um, and they're in the class, you know, we're sitting there doing the stretches and I was like, yeah, so, you know, I saw this post and then they just looked at me and he goes, oh my God, not again. But that was their reaction to it. You know, it's just mm. like, it happens a lot. But that whole moment of coming out Mm -hmm. Is something I'd like you to talk to. Mm -hmm, mm-hmm. How, where, when do you decide this? So for me, um, back in the Philippines, I didn't really had a coming out, coming out because in the Philippines, there's so many kids like me. They can say, they can tell, they can, they can already tell, but the parents or whoever taking care of us, they just think that we don't have to pursue, you know, like whatever gender identity you want to be. So, I remember when I was, when my mom, my mom was already left the Philippines, I was six, seven years old. When she came back, she would always come back like once a year. You were living with your dad then? I was living with my um, aunts and uncles okay. during that time. And she would always come back once a year, right? And then she would ask me, so she would take us like to go shopping and she would ask me like, what toy you, you would want to have? Mm. And then... I could not forget this because I would I, I wanted to have the Barbie, the Barbie doll yeah. in the store. And then she said, no, that's not for you. And you, you're not going to have the Barbie doll. And it stayed for me. And I cried all day. She never even gave it to me. And never, ever, mm. like she gave me a toy uh, of a uh, Barbie doll ever. And it stayed on me like the whole entire you know, my childhood that right. I didn't have a Barbie doll. Why, wait, why were you so attracted to Barbies? I mean, they're beautiful. They're, just, they're like perfect humans, right? Just in plastic form, but. Yeah, I think it's more <laughs> of like inspiration. Like you see, yeah. like, I think it's, they're colorful. They're, they're. Which Barbie were you attracted to? I am not, I don't remember, uh -huh. but it was a pretty Barbie. Yeah, they're all pretty. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I, 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 I think I, I was just fascinated about the beauty of Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a Barbie now? I, I I did bought my Barbie on my own when I, of course, when I had my, when I had my own um, salary from working. Yeah. When I first moved here in Japan, I bought like Barbies and all that. 
But no, because Barbies, they're like collectors' dolls. It's exactly, like they're, yeah. I mean, you can yeah. play with them, but they're also just beautiful collectors to just items. sit there. As yeah. They are, right? yeah. yeah. I totally get that. So the coming out story wasn't really there when I was in the My mom already, they already knew. Mm. And then when I came to Japan, um, living with my stepdad, I, of course, I didn't tell him. Mm. And then after that, I, I started working in a cabaret bar. That oh. one was okay because I, I'm out, right? Right. And then after my surgery, my full on surgery, I came back mm. from my search and I told myself, I'm a woman. I have to be a woman. Mm-hmm. So I made that um, another image of me being a model. I want to be a model. So, so that's would you reckon me. that this is like the first time in your life where you're like embracing something new, mm-hmm. a new version? We started the show off saying reinventing yourself. Right. But that must be like a huge turning point in your life. Very Huge. Yeah, exactly. Because... I wanted to be a model. I wanted to. Be, I want to. I wanted to be like those girls that I've seen on TV. Right. Like all this, like you know, Im- influence from America. Like watching all those MTVs. I love MTVs. By the way, back in the days. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Like the eighties and nineties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like I, what I so I made this image of like not op- not not you know revealing my real ad- gender identity. Right. Because I don't have to. I'm no. full on surgery. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if I have to show my passport and all that, of course, you know, like they mm. would know. But um, in the modeling career that I had, like, I didn't have to do that. I just have to be have my proper portfolio. Modeling career. So you get it. So you build a portfolio, right? Uh-huh. And yes, then you sign up with some agents or yes, something, yeah. right? And, and most th- of the agencies here are freelancers for foreigners, right? Yeah, yeah, Gaijin, yeah. yeah. And mm. so they send you out to auditions. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your first audition. Oh, first audition. I couldn't remember what, what my first audition was, but I remember like d- doing auditions. Yeah. It's so comp- like very competitive in Japan because so many beautiful Russian women. Oh yeah. And and obviously I, I you know you're not gonna get a job, but I pursue more on like events mm. and then fashion shows, like appearing on fashion sh- right. on the fashion shows yeah. and also doing some, you How know. How tall are you? I'm five, eight and a half, wow. like one seventy trays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's really that's taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in the Philippines, they would say like you're, 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 you're tall for a woman. <laughs> so they always say that in the Philippines. If yeah. I say like I'm from the Philippines, I'm like oh, okay, like they're gonna oh. be like. No, no, wait, wait. One seventy. No, I'm one eighty. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought you said 180s. If I wear heels, probably I'm, I'm taller. Yeah, yeah, with heels for sure, for sure. Yeah. Right, right. But, yeah. but you know, runway models like the the Parisian one, they have to be over 175. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which so, is like whoa. So yeah, like when I when I was doing the modeling, I never talked about my gender identity. Were you ever? Did you ever feel uh, in danger of being exposed? I mean, not that there's anything to expose, but I want. I didn't want to because I think. If I told, if I tell them, they're not gonna. I'm not gonna have the job. I'm not gonna be able to have friends. Yeah. So that's why I maintain that having that, you know, identity. So I feel this is the right time. We're not done with this conversation about okay. modeling, by the way. <laughs> but I feel this is the right, the time to like mm-hmm. share this photo with you because to be able to do modeling, yeah. you have to have a, a woman figure. Mm-hmm. And if someone's killing it, that's you there. Right? <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Normally we do the SNS uh, deep dive and see <laughs> if we have something we can talk about. Dumbfounded Media is going to post that show. <laughs> this is absolutely gorgeous. Thank you so much. Right? Yeah. And there's a story behind that too. I was, if you want me to share, please share. <laughs> now that we're here, please share. Okay. So that 
that that photo shoot that I did, it was actually a recent photo shoot last 2019, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So um, I have a, a good friend of mine who is um, a very famous celebrity choreographer mm. for Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, no, Beyonce. This is really famous person. He is a famous person. Like he's the one who, who made the, yeah. oh, he choreographed. Michael Jackson. Yeah, like like, like dancing right next shows, to Michael right? Jackson. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So Lavelle Smith Jr. So is you're going to introduce name. him to the Tokyo show next day? Of course. The Tokyo Talks? I would love to. And whenever he comes back, he comes here. That's, that's how I met him, by the way. He comes here for a tour, mm. like for his um, workshops. Right. So when he came here for his workshops, I got connected to him luckily. And then we just became clicked and we became so close to each other. Cool. And then she always, he always told me that, Tiffany, we should do something together, collaborate. And then he's like, and I'm like, well, what should we do? And 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 I'm not really, I'm, I'm a dancer, but I'm not really like super, super like, you know, super professional, like what you do. And he's like, let's do a photo shoot. And then like, because mm. he loves doing like, like it's also kind of like a choreography, like, Absolutely. you know, doing, yeah, doing yeah. a photo shoot, right? So he directed me to do like the poses and all that for the photo shoot that we did for this one. And it was an amazing experience with Lavelle Smith Jr. Turned out. Beautiful. You know, I'm going to have to do it now that once we're in the photos, I can't uh -huh. get out of them. Okay. You can tell me about the modeling career more after. Right. So I'm a huge disco fan, to be honest. But <gasps> tell me what's going on here. Oh, okay. That was actually my first time attending that one in Grand Hyatt. Okay. Uh, they do like a yearly 80s disco event, right? Oh, they do? I didn't even know that. They do like a yearly in, in, one, in one of the ballrooms in Grand Hyatt. So they do that as a yearly event. Mm. And I, one of my... Uh, a few of my close friends, like they always attend every year. And I always told them, I would love, to, I love 80s. Yeah. And then I, of course, obviously I dress up for the occasion. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. I know. <laughs> and I just love, I just love the vibe. I, and, and also you mentioned earlier, I was DJing. Every time I DJ, I always play like 80s music too. Cool. <laughs> like I got to tell you guys, if you check out our Instagram or Facebook or, or you're on any other social medias, I do. Yeah, I do have a lot. I do have everything. So yeah, we'll leave some links below for sure. Um, but <laughs> yeah, um, most of the photos, are just party photos. So it's really hard to find something that's actually that stands out. But I think I found a good one. Okay. What's going on here? Because <laughs> I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, but that is probably the most pathetic Spider-Man I've ever seen. <laughs> so I, I host events. Yeah. That's was my job before I pivoted my career, mm. like after the covid so I did a lot of um, hosting events and one of the events that I hosted yearly was the Halloween events. No, nice. And I love Halloween. Who doesn't love Halloween? Especially in Japan, everyone loves to dress up, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, the annual cosplay party. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I've been crazy. Captain America for the last three years now. I'm very proud of that suit I have. It was very expensive. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how it became like a Mardi Gras of Japan? Yeah, well, yeah, well, that was- Shibuya. Do you remember the first year when Shibuya just like got crazy? I know. It was the best Halloween ever. I was there. <laughs> yeah, well, so we ended up, because I ended up uh, being Hulk that year. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty sure Dumbfounded Media can post that photo because it's a real cool one. Right. Um, <laughs> well, no, but I painted my body green. Wow. Like everything and cut my shorts and was the wearing effort, slippers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was like, <laughs> and I really trained for it. So I, I was kind of in shape for it. it was, right. Yeah. <laughs> but that, it was just like, it didn't matter where we were walking around. It was really cool. You know, I'd jump in on, you know, people who were having beers on the streets and stuff. And mm -hmm. it'd be like, Hulk smash, right? right? And then they'd be like, oh, Nicholas Pettis. Can we take a photo of you? No, I'm Hulk. <laughs> anyway, it was a great party. It's so funny because there's so many, I was, I was, I was, see, I was seeing a lot of, um, in the Philippines, there's so many celebrities that they would come because it's like not even far from the Philippines, come yeah. to Japan. It's like what, they three would hours? literally just 
three or four hours yeah. by plane. So they would literally just come here to celebrate the Halloween because in the Philippines, we don't really celebrate Halloween like that oh. much. So they would literally come here and they would dress up and they would go to Shibuya and all the celebrities all like blogging. I, yeah, well, Shibuya, they kind of like really like got a lot of cops down there now, which is right, not so fun. Yeah. But if you like got children or, you know, if you just dress up and you walk around so mm-hmm. some fantastic neighborhoods out in Setagaya, in Rapongi, <laughs> in like all those where expats live. Oh man, it's like a party just walking around getting so much candy and stuff. Right. <laughs> some guys are having barbecues and, you know, get beers out and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really cool just to walk around with the kids yeah. and everything. But I'm not sure if you remember though, because I remember the first time the Halloween hit Japan was in Rapongi. It oh, wasn't yeah. in Shibuya. Yeah. Because of the foreigners, but right? that's so. That was the year before that I actually went out to. No, we went to a point. We went home that night. Mm. But yeah, I just remember that. Mm-hmm. Like I saw some crazy photos from my friends on Facebook. Right. And I was like, "Dude, what are you doing there?" <laughs> uh, anyway, we got mm-hmm. two more photos I want to go through quickly. Okay. Do you snowboard? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really. I'm still learning, but yeah, I love snowboarding. Because, I mean, Philippines, there's no snowboarding in the Philippines. There's no snow in the Philippines. <laughs> exactly, right? I've been there once and it was goddamn mm-hmm. hot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first time I came to Japan, when I, when I experienced the snow, I was just like, oh, wow, this is the snow that I've been seeing on TV, like, you know, on, on, on the films. How old were you and then? The, the, the way, Over 20 years old, maybe? Yeah. Oh, wow. And then like when, you know, when they speak on films, like you see like that. that yeah, the white, the white frost, <laughs> breath or yeah, whatever you call it. Exactly. I, I'm always like fascinated with that when I was watching films and I, and like sp- experience it for the first time. I'm like, oh, I had that too. <laughs> it's like smoking without smoking. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. stories about the first time to see the snow. So I was in the dojo. Mm. Uh, 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 this is 1993, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So we got these two guys from Africa, from mm-hmm. South Africa, uh, that are up here and mm-hmm. staying. They're going to stay for three months, right? And they came around the world tournament, I think it was, or the, the, the Japanese tournament. Anyway, it's the end of the year. And so around um, uh, Oshogatsu, when the dojo's closed and mm-hmm. everything's closed, and that year, randomly, it started snowing. And randomly, I was outside walking to try and go and get some food with these two guys. Um, and it starts coming down, like, real slow, quiet. It's because Shogatsu, like, the city is, like, way more quiet because everyone's back home. it can get quiet, home. too, and it's snowing, right? Yeah, but it does, stay right? inside. <laughs> and then that magical moment when you see the snow for the first mm. time. And so this, um, so one of the guys, she just starts doing this. Right? And I was like, what's going on there? Right? So he was just freaking out. He'd never seen it, right? And he, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right? It was the most funny thing I've ever seen. And then, you know, that just kept snowing and it packed up. The next day, you know, I taught him how to make a snowman. We took mm-hmm. photos of it and everything. It was a crazy experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can I can, understand how you feel. Yeah, for sure. I got two more photos, quick one. This mm-hmm. one. So you got, this is Tiffany Grand opening DJ here. What's going on here? That was uh, an event that I did. I, 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 a promotion flyer for the uh, the DJ that I did for in Hamamatsu. Mm. Do you know in Hamamatsu there's a community of Brazilian people there? Oh yeah, huge. I know, huge. I felt I wasn't in Japan. You're not when you go there. It's for real. Like <laughs> the whole ima- city is and, like Brazil. Yeah. And imagine like a club. Yeah. A club that I'm gonna DJ full of Brazilians. Oh yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> I know. It was a crazy night. Like that was one of the crazy nights. I've, when and I they DJ. don't speak Japanese. I hear, I hear, yeah, I hear all like Portuguese, like oh, yeah. all around. And I, I'm like, what's going on here? It was so much fun. Like I had, had a blast like teaching in that, that place. Cool. Last photo. This mm-hmm. is like one of my dream cars ever, but why are there so many of them in? What's going on here? 
So I am uh, uh, one of my client, like the client that always like support me in coming to my events. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a few ballers, uh -huh. <laughs> call them ballers, right? Like Japanese ballers that I know. And they, they uh, he organized this gathering of um, friends who owns like, like those yeah, cars. The Cobras, Shelby Cobras, by the way. Yeah. Stuff like that. They're supercars, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not just one guy's car. No. I thought it was like one collector or something that you no, knew. No, but actually he has a lot. And in, in his, he has a massive, it's like a massive um, warehouse mm -hmm. where they all park. At the same time, his cars are all there too. Wow. And we were just like, oh, like every car like arrived. Like we just like videoing each. Does he speak like, English? Ferrari, like all that. Like he does, <laughs> I believe, but I yeah. speak I spoke Japanese, so. Oh, no, I was just wondering if he would come on the Tokyo Talks so we could talk about his cars, <gasps> I'm maybe. I'm <laughs> not sure if he can speak English that fluently, but I, he understands English. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Go back to the modeling career then. So mm -hmm. the struggles that you had as a model, because we just talked, uh, touched uh, base on, you know, did you feel like there was any you know, danger of, of, of like being caught or, mm. or something? Or and, and was there any time where you mm. had like a bad experience? In Japan, not really. I wasn't even worried about it because I thought Japan was really a, everything is safe here, right? Yeah. And I was I was used to being safe with everything, so of course I have to be careful about. So the lifestyle that I have, being a showgirl of doing the cabaret, I really made it so separately that I don't even, for example, all these coworkers that I had in my, you know, this I would never like hang out with them, like if I'm, you know, like out seen in public, like, you know, partying and all that. So I made sure that it was all separate, mm. not to be like, you know, questioned. Yeah, yeah, Although yeah. there were times like people questioned me, but I was just like, and there was something like, are you a man? I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm a woman. <laughs> like, you know, stuff like that. So I, I would never like talk about my gender back then. Right. Yeah. So COVID hits, right? Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you were literally known as the, the queen of the night here. I mean, you know, everybody, like everybody knows just like, oh yeah, let's get Tiffany the DJ. Or mm -hmm. we're talking about, you know, uh, a friend of ours, um, 50th birthday, right? Mm. It's like, yeah, let's get Tiffany to come DJ or Stuart O or someone like that. And it's just right. like, so when people that I know talk about you, it's like, oh, but them, you just know everybody, right? Mm -hmm. COVID hits. Mm. You can't do the events, mm. you know, you can't pull people together. Mm. What happens in your life? It was, it was, it was really a challenging moment for me because I've been in the industry for more than 10 years and that's what I'm used to. Right. Yeah. And we all know that when you, when you're used to something and not used to doing new things, it's really difficult. And, but I was really, I think what, COVID really taught me is preparing. I, I already like looked more deep dive of what really I can do or mm. what's my purpose. And that when it came out that I need to probably do something for my community, right? which is the LGBTQ community. Yes. And which I never been a part of. And obviously because back then I was doing the separate, you know, like the separate identity of, doing the modeling career and events. And then like my other, you know, being a cabaret, being known for that. But I never really spoken for my community and being, you know, being advocate for my community. So I thought maybe I should do something. And it, it really made me realize of so many things that I can do for my community during the COVID. And before it happened, of course, I, it all started with like self-love, 
which I've been working on for for several years already. Yeah, it just continued to like blossom. Right, and I realized that life coaching because I did I did study life coaching for myself. I never even thought about doing life coaching for others. Right. And that's what I thought, like, this is probably the skill that I can do in order for me to help my community. Right. And so I I kept focusing on my fit, my health, my fitness, my mentality, um, everything, right? Everything mm. has to be balanced in yeah, life. Yeah. So while focusing that during COVID, at the same time, I that's when I started to, talk, uh, started to think about how can I you know, reach out to many people as much as I can. Then the podcast of thinking of the podcast, which is the breakfast with Tiffany show. Breakfast with uh, Tiffany podcast. show. Yes. Please remember that one. There's a podcast, link downstairs. It's, it's, it's <laughs> an audio um, podcast. It's not like this, like a video, but yeah, like I started that last year, which turned one year already. Wow. Fantastic. So fast, Congratulations. Right? Thank you so much. I'd love to be a guest there one time. And I would love you to be there, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we're in, in that podcast. I, I invite guests who, can share their um, stories about how they pivoted their careers, mm. how they how they transform. How also, like also from fitness, from lifestyle, from from the also most importantly the LGBTQ community. So I have like very influential people in the show, right. like talking about it. And at the same time, I'm also learning right. because even in my community, I'm I still need to learn a lot. So that's that's I find it challenging, but at the same time. I have to pivot from like doing events to my my career and my my current career now. Wow, that's fantastic! Yeah. I mean, but this was the show was really about all those pivots, moments, or mm-hmm. turning points, or like reinventing yourself. And so you go from literally being a queen of the night <laughs> <laughs> with parties and 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 yeah. you know events mm-hmm. and just all of that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Alcohol, mm. you know, lots of champagne, exactly. stuff like that, right? <laughs> and now you go to bed early and you wake up and you run in the yes. morning, right? So I, I'm blown away. I'm inspired. <laughs> like, you know, I need to like learn some of that. <laughs> what would be the first thing when you do with a, what's the first thing that you, you, you kind of like do when you life coach someone? And how long does the process normally take to be life coached? So life coaching is actually, you have to really know in the beginning. So I always have this first session to get to know the person. Mm. And if we're really fit, I think it's really important if you're fit, because if not, and if the person is not hundred percent dedicated, I don't think it's going to help him or her either, you know? So in order, I, 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 I believe everyone needs, needs a life coach. Yeah. I, I have my own too. But in order for you to have one, you also have to be committed to doing 100% of yourself. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to, to change your lifestyle. I mean, for you, like doing a fitness coach, right? It's yeah. the same thing. If they're not 100%, I don't think they're going to they're gonna reach that potential of like having the goals that they want for their bodies, like a perfect abs or or something, right? Mm. So I, I believe it's really important to be 100% committed. And then once I know they're committed, then I, I'll introduce them to the programs mm. that I am uh, three months or six months or one year. And also I do have a retreat that I host um, mm. uh, once in a while yeah. where I can gather all them and, you know. All There's also yoga on this retreat, right? It's like, yes, a, whole, yeah, like, like, it's like a whole weekend or something, right? It's Yeah, it's a, it's a, a two-day weekend and we... 
I I host it like outside Tokyo to refresh in the yeah. middle of nature, and、um, sure. I I I hire I I have all these、um, spiritual healers,、um, sensei from yoga, like from fitness and all that, like and even the foods.、Mm. Food is the most important thing, so、yeah. I have to make sure like the food is also yeah good quality. Mind, body, soul. Exactly.、Right? Treat them equally. Train,、yeah. eat, sleep. Right. Yeah. I only had one thing. I, I don't like perfect abs. <laughs> I don't believe in perfect abs. I don't believe that's that, just that, me.、Yeah. I, I think that、mm-hmm. you know、um, the physical attributions of people that call themselves、mm-hmm. "we are fit, we are fitness." This is what、mm-hmm. it is when they are posing in bikinis or posing in underwear or board shorts and showing、so、their abs and perfect shoulders or whatever it is they're showing off. It's got nothing to do with fitness. Fitness for me is something that's sustainable and、mm. fun, and something、mm. that you can actually, you know, enjoy doing, and、exactly. something that's more specifically that is functional. That it gives you a body that you feel good in. Mm. Um, mm. That's fitness for me, and that has got nothing to do with what you look like. But the more healthy food you eat, the more workouts you do, the、mm-hmm. more sleep you get, the combination of the three, you get fantastic results. For so、sure. true. So true. Yeah, so the podcast, the the life coaching, and so、mm-hmm. and so you start with an interview,、mm-hmm. and then it's like, and what are like, okay, just three questions. Ask me, say say, Tiffany, I want to be life coached. You know,、uh, where do we start? What would be the first three <laughs> questions you would ask? I always ask them first that what are their happy moments lately. My happy moments lately is when I wake up、uh, early ish.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and connect with、mm. my fiance,、mm. and then we 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 take the time to to make a good coffee because、mm-hmm. we don't eat breakfast. We、mm. decided to quit breakfast.、Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't eat breakfast, and I'm okay not to eat breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then we we go to the gym,、uh-huh. and we work out, and we come home, and then we make uh, uh, food, you know, and then we've got the afternoon or the evening to work on other projects that we're doing. Uh, those are really like happy days,、mm. like when when I when it starts with a good connection in the morning.、Mm. So yeah. yeah, what I'm hearing from you now is you having a quality time in your morning with your partner and yourself is what you're really happy lately, right? Yeah, it makes you really happy. <laughs> no, because you start the day、uh, fresh and a, on a good start. You know, when、right. you're really connected, and then、uh-huh. it's like, yeah, let's do something together today. Right, that makes me happy. Exactly. So I I, I tend to ask this kind of questions to make them comfortable. Okay. So when you're comfortable, then I started. At,、uh, once you're comfortable, I start asking like, so what are the pain points in your life that you want to probably clear out, or anything in your life right now that you want to focus on and more, get motivated. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to get motivated to not drink as much alcohol. That's what I said. You're very inspiring.、Mm, I mean, you, you just really like turned 180 degrees, and you never look back. I never look back. Although I can say I'm not 100 sober, but I. Tend to drink like one glass of red wine here and there for celebrations, or like if I go to a really nice restaurant, just、mm. to not like you know be rude to other person. Right.、Um, other than that, I never really went back to drinking. This just made me think of some really completely random question. Okay.、Uh, in the showbiz,、mm-hmm. right? So I have been to show pubs,、uh, both with like you know. Uh, the new halves, and also with the、right. like completely normal ladies、mm-hmm. that sit in there. Whatever it is, I've been to a whole bunch of stuff. Cabaret, of, yeah, yeah, cabarets, and、mm-hmm. even the the Moulin Rouge style.、Mm-hmm. And, you know,、mm-hmm. so I've seen、uh, quite a bit in Japan.、Right. There's a lot of variety here. There's、right? a lot, yeah. And so I know 
Um, also, the host bars are hilarious, actually. The women, the way they spend money on these hosts is like yeah. nuts, right? Mm. Um, but so, for example, like a host bar, right? They'll come in and say, yeah, let's do the champagne shower, right? So they come in, they build this all massive, like, mountain of champagne glasses. Right. And then they just fill it all up with Dom Pérez, right? Not just one bottle, but like 10 bottles, right? And mm -hmm. then it's just like crazy. What's the most crazy thing that someone has done it at, with you at your, like, in your like, party? In, uh, in in you mean like in those uh, hostess hostess yeah, thing in right show, yeah. in the in the nightlife? <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm allowed to speak like all this like crazy underground scenes because um, be, working in a new half bar or they call it Okama bar right? Yeah. There's so many underground that you know like they don't even want. So some people would even come. For example, they just wanted to show like they're wearing like for example this is just a sample mm -hmm. like they're wearing like a a lady's underwear and he just wanted oh. to show it to us and they just wanted to show and then once they once we do the show once we start our show they will just like literally take it off and then like be dancing too like you know <laughs> like while, while watching the show so that's oh, just yeah. like a sample but there's more like crazy underground like you know um happening in those places but what i want to sh i want to share this because working in a hostess industry or this nightlife industry in japan which you can't, I don't think you can experience that anywhere else in the world. No, I don't think so. It's a different world. But this world, I think, is where I've learned so much in my life. Like seeing all those, um, how, I think that's how it, I became more Japanese too, because uh, yeah. I've worked with Japanese. It's, it, it, I didn't work with Filipino or whatever. Like okay. I, I mostly work with Japanese um, hostesses. Mm. So I really learned a lot from them from the host, from my coworkers, from the, from the clients and the way you, you, the way you, the way you have to be like thinking so fast because they're going to ask you questions and you oh, have yeah. to be like entertaining. Otherwise they'll be just like, Oh, you're boring. You gotta be entertaining and like be really on top of it. Be really touchy. Also make sure that you keep their attention on exactly. it, you, you know, to... and then make sure you, they drink more. Mm. So you sell more, make more. Yeah. exactly. Okay. There, I'll tell you the create one crazy story. Okay. I just going to share this okay. just because it's hilarious. I would love to hear. So, um, a friend of mine mm -hmm. uh, was uh, accused of tax fraud, like a big tax fraud, right? But he got uh, cleared of it, mm -hmm. and he paid the tax bill, whatever it was. And uh, he's like, yeah, we're all going out for parties. So he brought out his whole top team. Mm -hmm. So there's uh, like 45 of us, maybe, mm -hmm. 40, 50 people. A right? lot. <laughs> we had uh, dinner at Serina. Serina, yeah. The teppanyaki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So that's all of us, right? Mm. So the bill there was mm. like 25 thousand dollars right mm. and then we went to ginza mm. the hostess in, bars yeah in the hostess bars right and in ginza they pulled out the most expensive champagne the whiskeys the everything they came in with cognac in like in what do you call those like melons <laughs> yeah, with yeah. crushed ice in it it's like and these melons are like you know a hundred dollars per melon mm -hmm. so they're, they're the expensive this, melons yeah, yeah. and we're just like that drinking like the finest cognac the, the bill was two hundred thousand mm dollars -hmm. for one night mm -hmm. he was like yes i'm not going to prison i was like <laughs> yes Call me anytime. <laughs> well, so that was just like a nuts night. And we were home before midnight. Mm -hmm. It was like, here's, here, take, you know, uh, mm. you know, some money, take the taxi home. And everyone was taking taxis home. It was nuts. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, like also that too. Like I remember back in the days when I was doing that, like for, for clients, they would always, they, you have to make sure, they have to make sure that once they take you out, for example, for after, you have to mm. go to like, like karaoke or going to some eating or something. So most girls are like, let's go eat, like, or let's go to like, let's go to like karaoke or, or go to other bars. Yeah. At the end of the night, you, ha you either receive like a, like the taxi ticket, the yeah, yeah, ticket, ticket, ticket yeah. or 
they give you like a ichimang tip like for your taxi. Where, it doesn't matter where you live, but like you know, keep it. Yeah. And what 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 they usually do with the taxi ticket, the, the smart the hostess smart uh, ladies they would they would kept it when they use it for example like going to the airport or like they they're, they're using it oh for yeah 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 <laughs> but I, I think they put a limit on them because I got a couple of tickets from the TV stations uh, like when they say okay you're at the TV station it's a little far in away in the beginning there was no limit there was no limit in oh the beginning, cool yeah. they used to put like a five or ten thousand lane limit on it oh yeah. nice <laughs> smart 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 um, I have a question which also um, I wanted to ask you a little mm-hmm. bit about it's a little bit uh, a different topic but Um, because you go for straight guys, mm-hmm. um, could you tell us how it is to be in a relationship with? Because you must have had a, a fairly successful relationship at one point. Mm. Um, or I don't know. Are you in a relationship now? I am not. I'm single, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am single, by the way. Nice one. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Yeah. But yeah, like <laughs> I've been single for quite a while, but I love being single. Okay. I I think it's the time. I I, I am not that type of person where I look where I crave for a relationship. Every time, mm. so um, I am single for several years now. But um, yeah, it's difficult. It's still difficult being a trans woman, especially in Japan. Mm. And uh, what are the struggles that, to be in a relationship um, that you have to deal mm-hmm. with? So for me, I used to date Japanese guys mm. back then, and when, once I figure out that their lifestyle doesn't fit me. And the way they date, the way they do, you know, like during the dating scene yeah. here and there. Um, I'm not saying this as being judgmental, but I just, based from my experience. Yeah. So I realized that they were not fit for my lifestyle. So I thought I would I would date like more of a guy gene, like foreigners. Mm. And I've always been attracted to straight men, especially white men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, in Japan, it's so hard because a lot of straight men white men would date Japanese. Ah, uh, yeah. They would not, even, even the, I think even the women here, foreigner, foreign women here, they, they get struggles to like dating. Yeah, I've heard this. You know, like like foreigners because. I mean, I was <laughs> literally, literally for 29 years, I was only with Japanese. Exactly. So, so yeah. that's what happens. So it was dating literally is, is struggling. So whenever I travel, that's why You know, like when I traveled to America back then, like mm. I was just like, ah, oh, like, you know, I'm in heaven. <laughs> like all these guys are like into me because they probably not seen like me, girls like me, like, you know, in America, probably not, it's not like a lot, I yeah. don't know, back then. So, yeah. There's also kind of a trend for like, it's cool to be an Asian chick, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in a <America>, yeah. <laughs> country full of like, you know, white people or like. But so let's just, let's dive, dive a little bit deeper in mm-hmm. here. So you're dating a guy, for example, right? And then, so how does that end? And, and what are the struggles that you go with when you're dating guys? Is it mm-hmm. something like that they don't want to like meet you, their friends with you? Or I mean, I don't know. How is the acceptance and what are the struggles really like to, to get into it? So for me, I didn't have that conversation. I, this is from other my other friends, mm-hmm. fellow trans women. Like some are like, they didn't even want to... Sh- get introduced to friends and all that, right? Mm. But for me, let me show you this one relationship that I've had in yeah. the past. This relationship really like woke me up mm. to my reality that I need to look after myself. And this was the relationship that I had with this guy that I dated and he doesn't live in Japan. Mm. He was just coming here for 
for business okay. and tra- and he travels a lot to come here and i met him and we we were we were we were we were a good match you know like few d- dates here and there and then he insisted to move out here from from oh from, wow that's pretty serious i yeah i thought oh that was serious you know like he mo- he went to, he asked his company to let him move here and live here for a year and also plus he wanted to be more closer to me. Yeah. And I was back then I was still working at night at nightlife the being a hostess. So I thought like I was struggling a little bit about like cuz I work at night and he works daytime. Mm. Here, right? So whenever like we have this meeting it's always just at late night or weekends when yeah. I'm off. Yeah, yeah. And only the only off that I have is probably Sunday. And even Saturday, even he's off Saturday, like it couldn't match because I have to be working. Mm. So I thought since it's really serious, maybe I should quit my my nightlife and just focus on like doing events and my modeling career and all that, the other side of what I'm doing. So I left the nightlife. That's oh, when I started leaving the you nightlife. You got serious too. I got, I, know, I, got really, yeah. I got really serious too. And then he had he was he was married before he was divorced okay and he had two kids mm. and then he invited his kids to come visit him here and he even introduced me to his kids pretty serious and i'm like he's giving me like so much of you know all this like signs of being so serious yeah and then but he never asked me about my gender identity well i mean you're a woman yeah i mean like being who am i in my past like, being a trans woman right he never drop a hint that he know mm. he knew or whatever right so i felt guilty yeah of dating him not telling him the truth so i confi- i confided in my friends i asked my friends should i tell him or not but he started to introduce me to his colleagues i started to introduce him to my friends so it's becoming like the circle right yeah it's really knowing everyone plus he's like new in town so he has to be like he he, he always wants to be in my where, where I hang, hang out and all that, right? And then my friends were like, whatever you feel, you should follow your heart. If you feel like you have to tell him, tell him. Mm. If not, then you should not tell him. And then since I felt guilty, I told him. Right. And the moment I told him, it was a, it was just one of those moments that I was like, should I really tell him? But like, I already, I have to. So I did. And his reactions was, like, kind of like, hmm, like, I couldn't read it in the beginning. But then he was like, like, yeah, I know, kind of, kind of like, he could kind of like nod. Mm. And I was like, oh, you do, but why, why not even ask me anything or any, anything like whatever about, you know, about my, about being transmune or whatever, right? Mm. He never. And then he just said, like, I just knew. And I'm like, that's amazing. Cool, right? I mean, I know. Yeah, and I happy like, days. I know. I'm like, oh my God, like I got validated. And I, it's like, for me, it's like a big relief. Right. And then after that night of meeting him, he started to like disappearing slowly, way slowly. Oh, and then he, no. when he completely ghosted, without even saying a word, oh. without even saying anything. Mm. And he was still here because I, I think I had a relationship within like six months, mm. not even six months. And he, he has to be here one year. He uh. was in town, but he never even contacted me. So the first times that he didn't contact me, of course I insisted I have to contact him. Mm. He never come back to me anymore. Ouch. 
So I, I was completely heartbroken. I was devastated for several years after that relationship. And yeah. I thought, what's wrong with me? Is there something wrong with me? Like I'm just being vulnerable in that moment, telling him who I am really, and he couldn't accept that. But in, in realization after, of course, I thought like maybe it's because of, I don't know, maybe his ego, maybe his work, status of work because he's he has this like a big job you know handling so maybe it's part of that because he's also supporting his children i mm -hmm. don't know but i had a really good connection with him and and his kids yeah so i felt like oh like i thought he was a perfect you know guy for me that could accepted me for who i am but he was too bad that's really too bad but again i when I when the realization hit me, I thought like, oh, he actually was the one who woke me up and become, you know, trying to start to look after myself and be re the realization of like, oh, I thought I loved myself, but not really. Mm. I was actually killing myself with all this like alcohols and experimenting with drugs and all that, right? And hardworking and not even paying attention to what I really need, like deep inside me. So it was all this deep reflection that I've had for several years going to retreat in Bali was also amazing because it helped me a lot to, you know, to study all the yoga and principles and all this um, meditation that helps me a lot too. And yeah, and I think I, I made peace with my past. I made peace with what happened, with, even though I didn't have a proper closure with that relationship. Mm. I believe that, um, he helped me. So whenever probably I have a chance to probably meet him one day, I would just say, thank you. Well, he might be listening to the he show. He might be listening. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for, yeah, I, I would definitely tell him thank you for, amazing, you know, amazing. for opening this, you know, view. Because I never probably would change yeah. if, if it wasn't for him. And so you're also acting now. You're going to acting school. Yes, I do. Well, what are your visions and dreams with that? <laughs> I don't know. I just... Cause it was just, it just started from a friend. Like he, he asked this um, agency of stuntman actors and he told me that he wants to do a document, not a document, I mean like a film about Japan. Yeah. And he wants me to be a part of the film. And I'm like, I don't have any acting skills. <laughs> I didn't even have, you know, that. And I just did modeling here and there. And then he was like, we can train you, like just attend a class every week. Yeah. And, and then I said, I'm not sure if I'm gonna like this because I don't know. Right. But I told him that if I'm gonna like it, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue. But if not, I'm sorry, maybe not. And he's like, sure. And I loved it. <laughs> cool. Okay, so acting, right? So mm -hmm. that's a really cool topic to get into. Mm -hmm. So acting is uh, is probably something that you would find fairly natural. I mean, because you've worn so many hats over the years mm -hmm. and separating mm -hmm. parts of your lives, and mm -hmm. you know, also definitely like nightlife is like one personality that you kind of have to create because it's night after night after night where you mm -hmm. have to kind of bring the same energy and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> it's the same with me in coaching. It's just like day after day, class after right. class. You got to bring the same energy every time. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's hard, but you know, I love acting. Mm. And so, so at it. <laughs> and I never did classes. Mm. Uh, but I remember we were on a set of a movie, uh, a Japanese production, and all the, the cast was a big cast. It was a war movie. And the guy goes, whoa, Nick, your acting is so natural. Where did you study? And I was like, oh, nowhere. <laughs> I said, I remember my lines, and then I just feel it. I just go with it. I try mm. not to fuck them up. That's all I want to do. But 
actually going to, to acting school mm. is like, what are the things that you find uh, easy to do? And what are the things that you find hard to do in acting school? So what I actually thought about the difference was if I didn't go to acting classes, I wouldn't probably have that confidence to face the camera. Mm. Although modeling, I did it, right? Yeah. But the modeling, being doing like poses as a model in a camera and doing acting in a camera, I think is so different. Totally. So different that I think the confidence too that you you should have is so different, right? Yeah. So that was helped me with the acting classes. It built built my confidence of facing the camera and all this improv, you know, classes yeah. and you know improv. Yeah, we do oh. also improv and exercises every. every what kind weekend. of exercise do you do improv? Oh, we do a lot. Like not just scripts, but we do like line up and then we get to like say each one of us, like for example, like a story and then like this this person, this person, this person, like, you know, like to continue the story. Right. Yeah, so there's just so many improv that we do and it helps, it really helps because it's like, again, it's like you have to be consistent in training yourself yeah. to have that muscle of confidence. Yeah. Uh, is it English or Japanese school? It's English. Oh, I said it's, it's from America, oh. it's English. I've done both and mm. it's like for me to learn Japanese lines, it takes mm. me forever, like forever. <laughs> it's so hard. But yeah, I mean, acting is kind of cool. It is. Like what you said earlier, because we have this personas when we are out and do that, like, you know, when we're doing like different, different versions of ourselves, we can implement that in acting, like a natural, but you just have to have that um, confidence. Mm. That confidence that I needed to have to practice more yeah. than to be able to look normal and, you know, like natural in the camera while acting. So this is going to be a funny question, right? Okay. <laughs> so you get cast for a role uh -huh. as a guy. Mm. How would you feel about that? I would take it as a compliment. Right? <laughs> Interesting. I would probably, yeah, I would probably take it as a compliment, but because um, it's, it's, it's not an easy role for me. Right, it's not right. gonna be an easy role for me because I wanted to be like a woman, which yeah. I am right now. Yeah. But to have that character portray can be challenging as well for yeah. me because even though I've lived part of my life being, being you know, being that being a man, like, but you know, it's still challenging. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's been so long, right? So it's gonna be a compliment once if I do good, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea how I would react if I had to act <laughs> like a woman. Like for I just, it would be really strange, bizarre for me for sure. <laughs> Look, I think we've we've gone over a lot of topics here I today. I love it. We talk about a lot actually. I, I I'm open to talking about everything, but yeah, like um, as long I mean I guess like I mean as long as I share about you know like being a trans woman, I think that's was one of the most important things I want to share because yeah. I believe once I share those stories, you know, it's it's making other people hopefully like to hear and make well, them, you know. Obviously, I mean, absolutely. Um, mm. But for me, it's like, you know, Netflix, for example, you know, American movies and TVs yeah. now is completely different than it was like 10 mm. years ago. Um, it's so more open. Like there's some great shows. Very on, diverse. Yeah. yeah, very diverse. I'm, I'm watching this show about uh, Grace and Frankie. I don't mm, know if you've seen I've it. I've heard about it, but I haven't watched it yet. It yeah. is hilarious. So they're yeah. in their like 60s, couple, right? right? They're two, two married couples. Yeah. And in their 60s, it's mm. Martin Sheen, by the way. So mm, it's like, mm, high, and, mm, and, and Jane Fonda is also. Mm. So yeah, Martin Sheen and Jane Fonda are married. 
anyway, they 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 married, and then the show opens up like mm-hmm. the first episode of the first show is like, yeah, there's something I got to tell you. And mm-hmm. he goes, okay, so they're sitting before the them at the dinner table, right? And says, yeah, the thing is, Saul and I, the other man, we we want a divorce, and we're gonna mm-hmm. get married. And it's just like <laughs> drop the bomb, right? <laughs> So you see this elderly couple that have come out after 20 mm-hmm. years of hiding in the closet and mm. then like the, the struggles and, and fun stories that they can make about that. Mm. But I mean, that's just one of them. But I think there's so much more focus on it now. Yeah. Like, is that I, a good thing? It, it is. It is such a good thing because um, I, like we said, Netflix now is so diverse. And I also watch a lot of documentaries as well as those um, series like Pose, um, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Um, Queer Eye for this. Queer Eye is great. Queer Eye yeah. is amazing, yeah. right? So it's now being on the, being on the media is really important. I think it's really important to be there to talk about so that we can bring more awareness and more yeah. we educate more people, and and that's how that's how I, I love doing podcasting too because you know it reach you never know how many people it will reach you never know who will, who, who it will reach no. so um yeah i think being there doing you know sharing your stories be your your you know your a lot of people are being, being vulnerable like your like what you said earlier about your um trainee or is a trainer yeah like being vulnerable too authentic a lot of people are being like that now sharing their stories which i think is so important because if not, no, not many people are going to share their stories. I don't think a lot of people come out. Yeah. And in Japan, there's so many people still in the closet that they don't want to even talk about it mm. because they're worried about their families. They're worried about their work, their 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 jobs and their friends, or, or they may be like being left out by everyone and just being by themselves. Right. And they, they just don't realize that there's a lot of communities now that they can really reach out. So... Yeah, so I I believe what what we we live now is so different from back then when I was just starting. Um, I don't even have access to like where where should I get like the best surgeon or you know yeah. like I I always have to make sure like ask the right people because we're not in that age yet. But now we're in the age now like people are talking about it and everyone's now you know in the media. So I believe it's really we're in a really good you know. Yeah, I mean, I think the the takeaway for me is definitely you know we're we're humans. We are all humans, exactly. That's it. Mm. You know, we didn't choose the body that we got born in. You mm. know, uh, we are who we are, and we grow mm. into the people we are, and the mm. families that we choose to have are the families that we choose to have. It's mm. the way I see it, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think I just want to say thank you for being so open oh. and and so um, really. Uh, how do you say? understanding of someone like me asking you some very tough questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're a fantastic inspiration. And, um, and if you ever want to come back on the podcast and have some more fun talking crazy stories, some of the underground stories that we couldn't get on the podcast mm-hmm. today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely would love to hear more. Is there some message that you want to talk to the Tomodachis out there? Because now's your chance to reach out. Mm-hmm. You know, we heard that you were single. That's important. Yeah, it's important too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, before that, I would like to say thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, it's, it's been really an honor for me to be here. I've been a fan of your show, actually. I've been watching your episodes. So thank you very much. I'm really honored to be here. So thank you so much for having me and sharing my stories. And what I would just love to say is we are now in a different world where people are now more listening, more people are trying to understand. And I just want to say that 
we, um, the LGBTQ community too, are like what you said, we are all just humans. We're all the same. We just want to live. We just want the same respect, the same safety, the same love that we, we, we need. So if you know anyone in the community, LGBT community, if you are, if, if you are also part of the LGBT community, share your words, share your knowledge about the community and be an ally. And I believe showing awareness more is what will help everyone to be, to make it more a big, one big happy community. <laughs> yeah. The world is round, you mm -hmm. know, they have proven that. So if you just keep walking, you'll, you'll eventually meet someone that is, you know, like-minded and likewise and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think it's, it's fantastic that we have opportunities to really talk about. It. And the mm -hmm. questions that, you know, like people me have, for example, just there's so many more questions I can think about, but I think we've done enough for today. But yeah, it's, it's been really a fantastic experience. I've always really like thought that you were such a cool character and that you could come on the show has been an honor. Thank you very much for coming today. Thank you so much, Nick. And I definitely want to talk about next time the underground scene. <laughs> cool. Just before we started filming this one, you were talking about your acting drills before yes. warming up. So what did, how did you warm up for the show today? So there's this one part in, the, in our acting classes that we